Hello, wonderful humans, and welcome to episode 410 of Good Luck High Five. That's right, you're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering. Why am I sounding like this? I don't know. It's a Monday, <laughs> and I'm feeling weird today. Mondays are weird days, you know? Mondays are weird days, but point is, maybe you're surviving this weird Monday by playing Magic, or you can't play Magic, but... You know, you can listen to it, and that's the next best thing, in which case we are here for you. Normally, this is where I would say in the episode, my name is Maria, I'm one of your hosts, but this episode I want you to call me Disco Charles. (laughs) Oh, that's a fun name. (laughs) I I really like that. It just came to me this morning. I was just standing around and like, today, I want to go by Disco Charles. (laughs) Um, Today, can you please refer to me as Happy Holidays? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Thank you so much. <laughs> Happy holidays and Disco Charles bringing you episode 410. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good luck. High five. Uh, so on today's episode, we are going to finish up with our draft retrospective. This has turned into a surprise three-parter. That's right. We initially planned this as literally a single episode. Yep. And then we got through, you know, like we did uh, literally an hour in our first one. And we were halfway through and we were like, Oh, we'll do a two-parter. And then last time we tried to finish up and we did not get there. No. Not even close. So this time we are bound and determined to get through all of the yes. our favorite and least favorite, who knows, whatever, all of the draft sets that we've played since our time yes. starting Magic. And we're going to start with the return of the core sets with Core Set 2019 and work our way forward. Yes. So if you want to hear about uh, our very first one, which was Return to Ravnica through... Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Don't remember where. We're <laughs> through, I think maybe like Kaladesh or something like that, or up to Kaladesh. That's up in to our Kaladesh, first episode. Yeah. And then the last time it was like Kaladesh through Dominaria. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to hear about any of those, check out our last two episodes. Um, yeah. And also, by the way, in case you didn't hear um, on our episode, The Upkeep, that's our Magic the Gathering news show. You should check it out. It's like 10 minutes or less every Monday. A whole mm-hmm. bunch of new secret layers just dropped. Um, this yes. past weekend for the Secret Lair anniversary, first year anniversary. Yes, they did. And they're pretty cool. I got a bunch of them. But I, well, I was like debating which ones to buy. I received this package in the mail. <laughs> Everybody. Maria, what is that package? <laughs> I thought I would share it all with you because this here is a Secret Lair drop series Happy Yargle Day foil edition. Maria, I don't think I even knew that Happy Yargle Day happened. You know what? I definitely forgot that it happened. As I forgot that I ever ordered this because I was probably <laughs> drunk. I mean, so Maria's Maria's gonna unpack for us the secret lair that she purchased <laughs> while she was probably drunk that she did not remember purchasing. Like, because I think about this and I'm like, why would I buy this? I guess it's kind of cute, but like, I, I you know, sometimes when you're just a little loose, you're like, oh, I'll just buy that, no big deal. Uh, so here we yeah. go. We're gonna open this together. Oh, did you hear that? The beautiful sound of opening a secret lair. I've never bought one of these before, so I'm very excited to open my first one. Oh, it comes in a fancy little box with tissue paper around it. We'll just take that (laughs) off. Tissue. Tissue paper. Oh, lovely. Look at that. Oh, Oh, and it opens up, um, I assume. (laughs) Yep, there we go. Unfolds, and you can see if you're watching the video version, there's the first um, item up for bids here. Uh, my swords to plowshares yard. <laughs> let me let me see. You have to put it in front of your face for me oh. because Maria's using a cloud background, and I can't see it. Can you say this one? I can see it. Yeah. Okay. Great. So this Great. this might actually be the answer to the mystery of why I bought this because. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's, <laughs> you saw that one and you're like, this is it. <laughs> you know what? I'm kind of into this. Okay, so we got Swords to Plowshares Yargle. Uh, great. We've got Opt Yargle. <laughs> great. Also, I really, honestly, actually, I really love that Opt, opt Yargle. is pretty good. <laughs> really good. <laughs> uh, we've got Fatal Push Yargle. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yes. He's doing the one. Mer- he's doing the one doing the pushing. Uh, yeah. Anger of the Yargles. Anger of the gods. Great. Yargle. Yeah. And explore Yargle is probably the best one. <laughs> Yargle. So anyway, great. Thank you all for coming with me on this Yargly journey. Um, who knows <laughs> how these ended up in my possession, but here they are. And I gotta oh. say, I don't regret it. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really happy. So that must have was that like. September 3rd, they made Happy Yargle Day? Yeah, yeah. 
great. Because he's nine he three. three. Ooh, I also got an Angrath for some reason. Ooh. Well, all the secret layers come with a little planeswalker friend. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, he that looks they cool. Don't tell you tell you about friend. My secret friend. Oh. Anyway, there you go, everybody. <laughs> My secret layer journey. Thank you for getting that so that we could all share in the surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm super stoked because I got three of the other ones. I got Bob Ross. I got the squirrels, of course, and I got the cool metal looking cards. Um, I mean, who's not going to get the Bob Ross one? That's just what I want to know. I agree with you. I think you're a monster if you don't buy it. There you go. I said it. I've never. (laughs) I will. I will say very honestly, I have never felt inclined to purchase a secret layer. Yeah. Like, it's just not my thing. Yeah. I don't really. I don't, I've never been like someone who really blings out their decks or their cards. Yeah. I just slap them in whatever (laughs) sleeves are going to (laughs) do. But I really like those Bob Ross ones. Yeah. I I wish like in my heart of hearts, I do wish that these were all a play set. And I, Mm -hmm. cause I would rather order a play set of one card than a bunch of different versions. But I realize that that's probably not as, (laughs) I don't know, appealing or something, but yeah. But whatever, um, pretty cool stuff, and I'm sure I will end up playing with those, with some of yes. these at some point in my career. I'm I'm so happy that you didn't even know which cards were. In. Yeah, no, don't remember, don't remember getting it. Oh, there's the swords to plowshares, Yargal. Cool. <laughs> Uh, but before we get into the main part of our show, a uh, brief pause to thank everybody who helps create this show over on patreon.com slash GLHF magic. That's right. Thank you so much to everybody um, who makes this part of their family, who makes this part of their giving plan for the year. Um, it it means the world to us that you keep our show going, that you keep it happening, um, keep it broadcasting out of your cat's mouths. Absolutely. More news on that later this year. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, cats. speaking of cat's mouths, keep speaking. your cat's mouths open for news about some really cool GLHF gear that you'll be able to buy possibly featuring said cat who can say maybe maybe that's Um, just a scuttlebutt just a scuttlebutt and if you're a patron i don't know maybe we'll give you a discount to be able to like get all this cool stuff Ooh, you know but that's all just that's all the rumors that we're hearing it's just hearsay on the airwaves coming out of our cat's mouths i keep my cat tuned to to gossip Yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah, that's what I want to hear. <laughs> but yeah, just um, become a patron if you want. Take just a couple of minutes and lots of sweet deals, more deals in the future. Yeah. Um, also, great. Look, consider it a, a holiday gift for people that you don't know what to get them. Maybe get them being a patron. Oh, that's a great uh, idea. Of good luck high five because then they can join our Discord and chat with all of the other uh, patrons of the show. Um, they can get some cool swag from us. You know, just saying. Just saying. We also want to point out um, one of our sponsors. Speaking of giving presents this time of the year, cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. That's our affiliate link to go to if you buy anything from them. We highly recommend them for any of your holiday needs. Yes, especially if you completely forgot someone to buy gifts from, as I might have done, and then panic emailed someone that I had already placed an order from. Anyways, point is, (laughs) fastest shipping out there. For when you forgot someone. <laughs> and look at this here, Megan. I forgot to tell you, but something special came in the mail. <gasps> it's a box of Commander Legends from Card Kingdom. Nice. So we're going to get to have a box opening for all of our YouTube viewers yes. and our listeners out there. Thanks to Card Kingdom because they are just excellent people um, and really wonderful parts of the magic community. So Maria. Yes. We left off. We had just talked about Dominaria. Mm-hmm. A, an excellent. An all-timer. An all-timer when it comes to draft. Like, yep. w- what a time. And then from that, we went into Corset 2019, which was the return of the Corset. Yeah. So um, if you're not familiar, uh, Wizards canceled making Corsets after they've made like a million of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like, you know what? These just aren't fun enough, not exciting enough. We're just not going to do them anymore. And then mm-hmm. they walked that back not too soon after that by putting out <laughs> Corset 2019. They were not they were not gone for many years. No, it, it we bar- we barely knew that they were gone. Um, exactly. Um, and so Corset 2019. I mean, obviously, it has some 
big shoes to fill with Dominaria having just happened. Yeah. And I almost feel like maybe it was a good thing that the next one was a corset. So it wasn't like a classic block that had to be judged against Dominaria. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because corset, you're always going to give it some leeway. You're like, do you know what? It's a corset draft. It's not about really pushing design space or doing anything really wild. It's about providing like a very structured environment for people who are getting introduced to the game. Yeah, really easy entry point. We always say it. If mm-hmm. you want to bring somebody new into the game, a corset is a perfect time to do it. And corset 29 was, uh, it's 29, 2019 <laughs> was exactly that. It was very straightforward. Um, yeah. It brought some cool cards into standard, like a Johnny's pride mate. Um, Got a reprinting oh, yeah. in this set. That's right. Uh, which allows us to play the Mono White Life Gain deck, which a lot of beginners play on Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did, it had some cool draft options. Yes. Because there was stuff, it notoriously had Vine Mare, yes. which was a 5-3 hexproof for five that you could just like slap auras on. I loved that deck so much. And mm-hmm. do you remember this deck? The, you could play an artifact deck in this set with a yeah. card like Scholar of the Stars. When it enters the battlefield, if you control an artifact, you get to draw yes. a card. That deck was also, I remember having a ton of fun playing. Yeah. Um, I recall the card Patient Rebuilding opening that at the pre-release. And oh, almost... And you were like... Yeah. Yeah. Almost didn't put this. in my deck. Um, it's yeah, three blue like, blue. is this good? <laughs> for an enchantment. So you're like, okay, I'm spending, yeah. you know, five mana for this enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, target opponent puts the top three cards of their library into their graveyard. Then you draw a card for each land card put into the graveyard this way. I'm like, is this worth it? The answer is that card is busted and limited. Spoiler alert, this card is so good. That card was uh, absurd. Like, I remember a couple of times that I got the opportunity to draft that card. And, like, when you're playing, just, yeah, when you're playing in a limited game and you pay, play Patient Rebuilding, you're just like, okay. If someone plays it against you, you're like, well, this is over. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, GG. GG. This is over. Like, they get all the card advantage, none of the worry of, like, accidentally (laughs) milling themselves out because, like, (laughs) what a card. I really want that on a shirt. All of the card draw, none of the worry or something like that. What did you say? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, none of the the worry about milling yourself out. Ah, great. Uh, Fun story that I'll tell when we get around to, because we'll talk a little bit at the end of this about some of the remastered sets about Kaladesh remastered. Yes, yes. It's not a long story. The the story is that I milled myself with midnight oil. (laughs) Oh, my God. Speaking of midnight oil, can I just... Okay, Megan, I'm going to send you a picture, okay? Yeah, okay. Okay. And I'll put it it up on the video of this, because I I just need you to witness what happened to me. So... (laughs) Oh, no, my, my phone's not letting me download it, probably because it's too full of just junk. <laughs> um, but I'll describe it, and I'll, I'll post a photo in the video. So okay. I was playing in the Kaladesh Draft Challenge um, mm-hmm. this weekend, which was super fun. I think the prize payout was a living joke, and that's might, yes, might it be absolutely was. why Wizards saw low numbers if they did. I don't know if they did, but um, I my queue times were slower than playing in standard. Yeah. So. Don't blame it on draft wizards. Blame it on your really bad prizes. Anyway. It was very bad. Um, I was played against somebody whose username was Yelger W. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I was uh, imagining that we were, we, I was playing against Yelger Vigershma, Hall of Famer, really good magic mm-hmm, player. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't doing anything throughout the first two thirds of the game. And I was just like, how did Yelger build this terrible deck? But then what I started to see happening was five colors of mana. Um, what happened was, uh, what was it? A Whirler Virtuoso happened on the battlefield. A Pima Outrider, a Cloud Blazer, um, Midnight Oil happened. Uh, the Merchant's Dockhand happened. Um, that enchantment, what is it? The Black White Enchantment that let that makes servos. Oh, the servo. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, one of the artifacts that whenever you get an energy, you can put a counter on something animation module i think yeah the rare one um anyway that all happened to me and then i lost (laughs) great great but it all started it all started when yelger played midnight oil and i was like yeah what like it's really good um except if you can't close out the game (laughs) i mean this deck was absurd nonsense and i can only give him a round of applause for playing it because i almost (laughs) killed him every single time and then he was like except you will you won't be killing me today except that you cannot (laughs) not today but getting back to corsets (laughs) yes 
This was a perfectly fine corset. Exactly. Which is what you want from a corset. It is perfectly fine. Like, it's not going to be wild. It's not going to be the most exciting thing that ever happened. But, like, it's serviceable. Gets the job done. Let's move on to our next set, which um, was a return to one of our favorite planes of all time, Mm -hmm. Guilds of Ravnica. Yes. And I'm trying to remember, was it Guilds of Ravnica? Because I want to talk about something that hadn't happened in a while, but happened here where there was an unplayable color pair. Oh, like we mentioned Golgari back in original um, Mm -hmm. Return to Do you remember Celestia was almost unplayable? Was it really? Because it had no evasion. It had like the one five five trample worm, like the one five five convoke trample worm. Absolutely. But but other than that, it had a real issue. I'm uh, taking a peek now at the mechanics from Guilds of Ravnica. Convoke returned. Um, mm-hmm. which was so a, it must have been guilds that it was yep. Celestia that was like basically unplayable. Yeah, it, it just gummed up the board with a lot of stuff, but then it could never win. It just didn't do anything after that. Mentor uh, was in this set as a keyword. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite was that of that card was on Aurelia. Do we remember this lovely angel lady? Oh, wow, Aurelia, yeah. What a card. I'm going to read her just in case you haven't had the pleasure. Um, Aurelia, Exemplar of Justice, is two red, white for a two, five flying angel with Mentor, which is whenever this creature attacks, put a plus one, plus one counter on target attacking creature with lesser power. It's teaching it. Oh, it's so cute. And I loved Aurelia because I played her in a Boros mid-range angels deck because she also says at the beginning of combat on your turn, choose up to one target creature you control until end of turn. That creature gets plus two, plus oh, gains trample if it's red, gains vigilance if it's white. Yeah, that was a good card. And like you said, it made its mark in standard for a while, for sure. It absolutely did. Um, Yeah. And I think Mentor is a perfect Boros mechanic. Yes. This set also had, like, the rare Convoke card, Venerated Loxodon. Oh, yep. Which went on to do, like, quite a bit. This, oh, we do have to commend this set. I have to commend this set for (laughs) Jumpstart. Yes, you love Jumpstart as a mechanic. I love Jumpstart as a mechanic. Absolutely. Um, Chemistry's Insight being like the key one that comes to mind. Obviously, instant draw two cards, three and a blue. Jumpstart, you may cast this card from your graveyard by discarding a card in addition to paying its other costs, then exile this card. Um, Yeah, Jumpstart I did really like as a mechanic. And then you had Surveil also. Yeah, I was going to say between Jumpstart and Surveil, Surveil was the Demir mechanic. And I think one of my favorites, if not because the the animation and sound on Arena is so memorable to me. Um, (laughs) Yes, it has like the, it's like the little like ghost Surveil over your uh, deck. Oh, it was, yeah, it was good. But I think the Surveil um, deck made Demir the most powerful guild to draft by probably about Absolutely. two two to three points. Um, yeah. So and I think, yeah, this was, this was an unbalanced draft format. Like it was fun, but it definitely suffered from the fact that there was some stuff that it was just bad to draft. <laughs> yeah. Celestia, you don't want to draft that. Golgari was not really as good either. Um, yeah. That was undergrowth to be like, I had a couple of good undergrowth decks but you had to be right like for me in this case like I think about this set right and we talk about Celestia being bad and I think specifically of the times right when you're sitting at this draft table and you're getting past cards and you're like I am the only person at this table in Celestia yeah right you're just like you get late rares you get late really great uncommons and you still you you still don't win games. Yeah, exactly. Right, you still lose. And so, like, I remember Celestia being like that. Golgari was at least at the point where if you were the person at the table drafting it, it was good. Okay. But if it was spread out a couple of ways, then it was bad. I I think I drafted Demir just nearly 100% of the time, if even remotely yeah. viable. Um, I'm going to give you a card here, which you'll remember immediately, Disinformation <laughs> Campaign. Oh, so, so good. Which was like the hallmark of the Demir yeah. deck. It was one blue black for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you draw a card. And each opponent discards a card. Whenever you surveil, return disinformation campaign to its owner's hand. So basically, you robbed your opponent of all their cards just by doing mm-hmm. the things your deck wanted to do anyway, which was uh, surveil. Oh, that, yes. I drafted so many copies of that card. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would be interested. To, it's probably like my most drafted card from this set. That or Demir Spybug. Yep, exactly. 
Oh, Demir Spy Bug. So good. So good. Uh, this Jeez. is the set that gave us Niv Mizzet Perrin, which was a really cool card. Yeah. Great card. Uh, big, fat, dr- flying Niv Mizzet boy. <laughs> that ping, ping, ping all over the place, as oh, well yeah. as a Night Vale Predator, which was a flying hex proof death toucher. Um, oh, yeah. Which actually I don't think should have been in the set because it was a little too good. Yeah. We also did get in this set Affectionate Indrik. This was oh, one of yeah. the actually like excellent green cards. Um, the five and a green for a four, four. When it enters the battlefield, you may have it fight target creature you don't control. Oh, I love Infectionate Indrik. Yeah. It just wants great. a hug. I know. He's so cute. There's lots of really cool cards in this set. Experimental Frenzy came here mm-hmm. from Guilds of Ravnica. Um, Chance for Glory. Great. Yeah. I think um, that's the one red white creatures you control again indestructible take an extra turn after this one at the beginning of that turns end step you lose the game <laughs> excellent give it to me yeah, I'll take the risk yep. crackling drake oh a crackling drake this mm-hmm. yeah we got to play um is it drakes in standard with uh thanks to this set yeah very cool just like yeah lots of you know lots of good stuff um, it just suffered a little bit from not being. How did you feel balanced. the flavor was uh, for our return to one of our favorite planes? And in fact, our first plane of all time. Yeah, I did really like it. Like, right. We had we had so many people that we know well or dragons like Niv Mizzet. I like you. You know, you love seeing him again. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tristani. Love seeing them. Love seeing Tristani. Get in here. Uh, the League Guild Mages came back with this set, too. Mm-hmm. Um, um, seeing the Guild Mages like kind of mirrored from uh, RTR was really neat. Um, yeah, Vraska. Oh, Vraska, absolutely. Her, yeah. her so home did, plane, right? Exactly. Yeah, I believe so. Or like the plane that she has been like around the longest on yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is where she was from originally. But yeah, big fans, big fans. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to the next one after this. Which was uh, the other half of it, the other guilds, Ravnica Allegiance. Okay, I'm going to look into Ravnica Allegiance here and see if (laughs) I can remember what happened. Do you remember any of the mechanics from Ravnica Allegiance? Not off the top of my head. Me? Okay, I'm looking them up. Um, (laughs) Adapt. Ooh, okay. Yep, adapt. That makes sense. Afterlife, Riot, and Spectacle. Afterlife. Okay. Ooh, and Spectacle. Wow. I almost feel like it's so weird. Like these two blend together, right? For me. Yeah. So much, which I I feel like is fine because it is kind of that way, right? You get one half of the guilds in the first one and the other half of the guilds in the second one. Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense that we're doing it this way. Um, Yeah. Adapt. I liked. I can't remember Um, what Adapt did. Not going to lie. Adapt was the Simic mechanic, right? I knew it you was pay Simic. the adapt cost. You pay the adapt cost, and like you put counters on it, and sometimes you also get another ability. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that sounds like what adapt. <laughs> sure, would you be. believe it. Um, Terramander. Oh, is Terramander. the adapt card? Yeah, okay, the one yeah. one for one flying seven and a blue adapt four. It costs one less to activate for each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard. Yeah, absolutely. Classic. Um, I really like Spectacle here as a Rakdos mechanic. Yeah, Spectacle was a really excellent Rakdos mechanic. I love that this one, in this one especially, Rakdos really played into like the weird kind of horrifying carnival situation. Yes, I liked that too. It was like a weird death carnival. Exactly. It was very cool. I think one of the most beloved cards was some, a card called Blade Juggler. Yes. Which was a three, two for five, but you could spectacle it out for two and a black if a creature did or whatever did damage to your opponent this turn. And then when it entered the battlefield, it pinged you and you drew a card. Um, So I remember this is one looking through these cards. There are some iconic standard cards in this. Absolutely. Or in this set. I mean, there's hydroid crisis, growth spiral, rule spellbreaker, frilled mystic. My God. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Um, but when it comes to draft, I rem- I do remember loving to draft the Dovin's Acuity deck. Oh, yeah. Dovin's Acuity. 
Yes, uh, one white blue for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you gain two life and draw a card. Whenever you cast an instant spell during your main phase, you may return Dovin's acuity to its owner's hand. So, so it's like opposite of um, disinformation campaign. I love it. How about the Gates of Blaze deck in standard? How do you like that? I was that? about to say the other thing about this set, right? It was the... It has, it was the gate, it was the gates deck. It was the gates deck. I the, love this or it deck. it had the gates deck. Yeah. So cool. You just played a bunch of gates and then you played like a creature that grew to be big gate because of ram. gates. Gate crasher ram. Yep. Yep. And then you um, won. Yep. And then you won. <laughs> it's a really cool so, deck. So this was a, yeah, this was a fun, fun draft format um, that had, you know, just like some cool iconic cards that you remember. Again, like not... I don't know that it was like, it wasn't crazy great or anything. No. But it was solid. It was solid. Um, the only issue was the ill-gotten inheritance deck, I think, um, that happened in draft. This was the enchantment for three and a black. At the beginning of your upkeep, it deals one damage to an opponent yep. and gain a life. Oh, yep. Those, and like you would just have multiples of those. Like yeah. if you could get multiples or if like you and your opponent each had one. Yes, it, it became a mess. Like honestly, people were drafting five of these and putting them in their deck and then just and it was sitting just back a and being nightmare. Like, I win yeah. now. That's yeah. very true. That's all. But that's the only main issue that like jumped to my mind yes. from this set. Oh, I mean, also the issue of wilderness reclamation. But that well, was, you know, a bigger. <laughs> <laughs> there was a problem elsewhere. Not in limited, but elsewhere. But elsewhere. Yeah, that was a bit, yeah. of, a bit of an issue. But yeah. So uh, like a fun time. A fun time. I give not it. Not wildly memorable, I will say. I'll give it the but rating. Not of everything a, can be. A fun time. <laughs> yeah. And that brings us to War of the Spark. Wow, War of the Spark. Now, this one, um, in my opinion, is the most memorable from these past sets. Um, yeah. I think partially because this is the first time that Wizards dropped a really huge, cool, expensive trailer for the set, right? Ooh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were like a there was like the early, early one with like all of the candle flames getting snuffed out. Yep. Yep. That was really cool. The teaser. And then yes. the huge one. That was what song was it playing in the background? It was like the da, 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 Yep. That one. That song. And it was the culmination of stuff that had kind of been building up for several sets to this huge battle. And... It was also like there was so much speculation coming around. People were like, are they going to put a planeswalker in every pack? Yes. And then they did. And then they did. We were like, how can that possibly work in draft? And it, and it had some of the coolest stuff, right? Like it introduced stuff that we just know of now of like static ability on planeswalkers. Yep. Um, it introduced those like those uncommon ones only having like a minus yep or yeah only having minus abilities or the rare ones only having two abilities as opposed to three stuff like that which was just really it was like such a cool use of design space and i still remember this the cards from that coming out and just being like holy cow yeah i i agree i think that the uncommon walkers were a huge triumph um mm -hmm. and putting a planeswalker in every packet did not bust the format like a lot of people no. thought that it would um like the most the most memorable thing about this set i think war of the spark was not anything about the play experience which was fine yep fine um it was just totally fine but it was how like all of the buildup and the hype and like the like the whole, like the jaw droppingness of each of the revelations. Yeah, the world and the story became so incredibly important. Uh, heartwarming Redemption is a card I'm going to call out here. When we saw Gideon uh, basically sacrifice himself to save Liliana at Bolus's hand, um, mm -hmm. and then he's going back, to, you know, to the afterlife with his friends on Theros, which was yeah. just a heartwarming card um, and a sad card. And, and a, a sad card. And a sad story overall, um, yeah. even though, you know, good de did defeat evil. Uh, still yeah. a lot, a, light, a high price to be paid, let's say. Yes. Um, we had the return of Totally Lost with Fubblethup standing like on top of the Bolus <laughs> statue. Oh yeah, <laughs> Just being right. like, where am I? Hey, where am I still lost? <laughs> yeah, and we just got to see, right? God, we got to see so many cool walkers. They did so many different things. And look, yes, there is a problem with static abilities on some of these walkers, but it's been yes, fixed by being now. Hard to, yeah. We know what to do differently. And it's like, don't have it be a passive ability that affects the opponent. Um, yeah. 
So we learned a um, lesson. Exactly. So like just a a really cool set when it comes to all of this new space and all of this new stuff happening. Absolutely. And we and get Nicobolus. <laughs> exactly. And the fact that they managed to do this in a place where it didn't like they managed to have a planeswalker in every pack and like yeah the draft format wasn't one of these bests of all time that we've been talking about like dominaria yeah but it but that they didn't completely mess it up right that it was still wildly playable absolutely and we get cards um with the name crunch in the title yes raging crunch i'm gonna put raging crunch out there for you Oh, one that of the real card. maybe one of the most memorable <laughs> parts. Um, this is also where we got when remember when I was having like I had a moment last time where I was like, but what about the gods that like yeah if you, they exile or die and then they just go back into your library? Like when was that? This was when this set. <laughs> My brain broke briefly when that happened, and I was like, when was it? You know what's cool though is like we were talking about that set like um. Amonkhet, it feels mm-hmm. like a long time ago and it happening a long time ago. And then the payoff coming here in War of the Spark is yes. uh, some pretty cool storytelling. Absolutely. Very, very cool for sure. Um, yeah. And it, it was just cool to get to see all of these walkers again. Oh, you absolutely. Know, like we get to see Arlen Cord here. Um, we get to see a Tybalt that was playable and yeah. standard. <laughs> Oh, Tybalt. Like, we got congratulations, Tybalt. We got Soren, yeah. Venf- Vengeful Bloodlord. Of course, Ooh. we got Little Teferi. The really cool Sarkin that could come down and then make all of your planeswalkers into, into dragons. dragons. Yes. Like, what a cool payoff that was. Really, really cool. Oh, we got to have a Jaya. Like, we got to see Jaya again. Oh, so many cool things. So It did have yeah. the Nissa that broke everything for forever. Nissa, who breaks the world, is in this yeah. format, for sure. Yeah, exactly. But like I would um, say A plus on flavor and story mm-hmm. and just a, just a normal solid uh, draft environment. Exactly. Like uh, some some really cool stuff that happened here. Um, yeah. Wow. What a trip down memory lane. Like what a one to remember. War of the Spark. War of the Spark. Very memorable. Definitely a walk to remember by Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next up is Corset 2020. Maria, or as you called it, uh, Corset 2019 Part 2. Yeah, this is just like, you know, classic Corset action here. The ex- You know, the same situation that we saw in Corset 2019. The one thing I will say about this Corset is um, this one also gave rise to some very iconic cards that wound up in standard. Oof. Yeah, uh, Agent of Treachery. Omnath, Locus of the Royal, you know. Risen Reef. Two... <laughs> Two cards that had to be banned. Yep. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Risen Reef. Woo. Um, but I do remember this set being a very classic, like, like you know, flyers are great. Yeah. Right. And that's like one of the hallmarks of a core set in my mind is that like basic drafting principles of stuff like do you have evasion and do you have removal? The end. <laughs> it's also the core set that we call the Chandra core set. We've got three Chandras. Oops, all Chandras. That's right. Oh, oops, all Chandras. We had baby um, yeah, Chandra, you know. teen Chandra, and adult Chandra. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but not much not much to see here. Just some just some cards. Just some just cards. Just some cards. Classic corset. But uh, yes. the next but, setup was one that definitely had a theme and a very oh. strong identity. Yes. Throne of Eldraine. Oh. Like, what a... What a not not just a group of cards by any stretch of the imagination. No, Throne of Eldraine, I is definitely one of my favorite sets of all time, especially for the for the flavor. Yes, the flavor of this set I think is maybe unparalleled. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a and fair like statement. Anything that they've ever done in in Magic, um, it was just it was just so cool. I will say when it comes to draft, and I've been doing some of these, they just had this as the flashback, like the throwback quick draft yeah. on Arena the last couple of weeks. And I think it just ended um, last week. But anyways, I was doing these a couple of times and green black was just so good. What was green black? Green black was like food. Oh, right. <laughs> it was How the could green I forget? black food deck. Yep. It was like 
there was a point at which, especially at the very end of the format of the flashback draft, like I want, I went, you know, seven, two or whatever with a green black deck and everything that I played from four wins onward was also green black. <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like green black food is where you want to be in Throne of Eldraine draft. Um, I think for me, the biggest win with Throne of Eldraine, like we mentioned, was the story. Like we, we, we were harping pretty hard on War of the Spark and how awesome that flavor was. They built up to it over years. And Throne of yeah. Eldraine for me achieved that in one single set because the theme was yeah. so strong. Exactly. Um, and that being said, like I said, like green, green black was really good, but you could also draft other things. It wasn't yeah. the only thing by any stretch of the imagination. There was like the really cool um, blue red draw two deck. I loved that deck. Uh, that deck was so cool. Like blood haze Wolverine that like got pumped up. Um, Built around the card improbable alliance where if you every time you draw your yes. second card a turn, you get to make one one fairy. Yep. Exactly. Like that deck was really cool. Um, yeah. And just adventure was such a good mechanic for limited too. Oh my gosh. Adventure is one of my favorite mechanics of all time. Um, and I think just completely knocked it out of the park here in Throne of Eldraine. It's got a good flavor to it. And it gave us cards like Love Struck Beast that everybody loves. Um, so, you know, send them on an adventure while you make a one, one human creature token, come back later on, cast your big fat five, five. Um, yep. I, I think I that, loved it. you know, obviously there were like some of the really powerful ones that we ended up seeing in Constructed a lot, but just like as a thing in Limited, it was so good because you had these options, right? Anything that gives you like more options and more choices and more opportunities to make a game out of, out of things um, is just so good. Something I love about this set and I've talked about a lot of times is the fact that Wizards of the Coast thought they were taking a huge gamble making this set and Mark Rosewater had pitched it like I think for 10 years he had thrown <laughs> this idea at them and they had told him no until they finally said yes and it was such an overwhelming hit that I'm just like you know what Mark you were right fairy tale you theme were right. plus Arthurian legend like makes for just a perfect smoothie of greatness um yeah besides the fact that I mean I didn't love food as a mechanic I think think it was kind of like totally whatever but there you yeah. go i will say so talking about the draft format i do remember it being right like it could be pretty slow yes um, because, because of, of food, food right food yeah. came in and just like gaining three life as a repeatable effect in almost any color is like a big deal um but that being said like there were aggro decks like aggro decks weren't out of the question you could play um, knights so, yep you could play knights so i remember it being a good but not excellent draft format. Yes, like, that is my memory too. It's fun, but it definitely had some sets, and I noticed like some games that felt like really kind of non-games. Yeah, I, I think Throne of Eldraine will go down in history for being really cool, and definitely we're going to go back to Eldraine. People loved it, um, but mm -hmm. most, most remembered for the adventure mechanic. Yes, exactly. The adventure mechanic and the flavor, both very cool. The drafting itself, fine. Your grade you know. has been labeled fine, Throne of Eldraine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us into Theros Beyond Death. Talk about also another grindy format. Oh my gosh. So grind. Grind. It was like a grindhouse film. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know that I do, but oh, okay. okay. Okay, sure. Um, uh, I mean, so cool to see sagas come back, right? Like, yes. Sagas came back, Constellation came back, a lot of really cool mechanics, but this was the format where like eventually in some colors, people were just putting more cards in their deck. Do you remember that? People were drafting like plus 40 cards because the, especially in again, like green, black games would go so long. Gosh, yes. No, I didn't remember it until you said it, but yeah, people did do that. I did that. Yeah. It was like... Because it was it was a kind of a problem <laughs> of just like, um, what's the mechanic that I'm thinking of? Escape. Yeah, escape. Like escape could be kind of an issue with like everybody, everybody putting a lot of cards into their graveyard in different ways and then escaping things just like again and again. I remember you and I were so excited when we learned we were going back to Theros again because of how much we oh. loved the original plane. And we talk about that on our yeah. other episodes of this draft retrospective. And here we are back in Theros. And I got to tell you, I didn't really 
get the flavor feel that I did the first time we were in Theros. Like, oh, That's here true. we are, you know. And I think we really missed Bestow. Yes, as Bestow. a big one, like. And I think, like, that's in part because um, Ikoria came around next. Yeah. And Ikoria had Mutate in it. And I think that they were probably just worried about having those. Like, you don't want those two mechanics side by side. No, that's totally fair. I think that's Um, the right call. Yeah. But it did. I agree. Like, it kind of, like, it was good. Escape was a cool mechanic. Um, Saga's coming back. Obviously, we're always going to be happy about Saga's coming back. Um, But it wasn't quite Yes. I mean, they're so good. They're so good. And they work so good with Constellation being in this set. Yes. Ugh. Like, coming in and triggering Constellation. Great. But for whatever Um, reason, it just didn't have the same feel as original Theros. It didn't... I don't... I'm trying to put my finger on exactly why, but it just didn't. Um, Yeah. We got to see our friend Grey Merchant of Asphodel again, which I'm very happy about, but you know. Yeah, that was nice. We had Devotion again and the gods again. Um... And some cool, you know, just like enchantment creatures. But overall, like, again, like Eldraine, it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. When it comes to when it comes to draft and when it comes to this limited environment. I just remember being like, okay. Okay, you did it. You, you were know, a set. Like, escape, escape is really frustrating. And there were like some cards that could be like um, Renata called to the hunt. Oh. <laughs> oh, Uro. But I'm talking about like in limited. Oh, okay, okay. Right, like. Um, cards that people would play and you'd just be like, ugh. Renata was the two green green for a star three. Um, legendary enchantment creature, demigod. Renata's power is equal to your devotion to green. Each other creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it. Yikes. Like, right, there were some cards like that where you're just like, okay, like, answer it right now or you're done for. <laughs> <laughs> like Uro. Just um, kidding. <laughs> I keep bringing up Uro. <coughs> but we're still stuck with him in historic... That's true. Um, I did remember, like, I had a really good time drafting Utropia the twice favored. This was a constellation card that was really cool. One green blue for a 2 2. Whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus encounter on target creature. That creature gains flying until end of turn. Oh, beautiful. So I will say that there was, like, some really cool stuff to discover in this format. Like, if you eventually kind of, like, sifted through it, you know, those kinds of things coming along sure. later. But it was just kind of. Like, you know, it was there. It was. My number one card of the format was Ephemia the Cacophony, which was the 2-1 flyer. Um, at the beginning of your end step, you may exile an enchantment card from your graveyard. If yeah. you do, make a 2-2 black zombie creature token, which I played around with a bunch in standard and even historic. Uh, that card to me is like, yes, this is where I want a Theros set to be. We care about enchantments. Yeah. This is an enchantment creature. We're doing things with enchantments. We're doing the Theros things, right? Yeah. You know? I don't know. I think also maybe what part of what missed for me and, you know, while we're talking about limited, this isn't a big limited thing, but like the gods just weren't as like. Gaudy? I don't know. Yeah, they weren't as cool. <laughs> you can use the spelling of gaudy either way. Yeah, either, either way. Um, <laughs> like, you know, they were like fine. Yeah, they were just, they were fine. Exactly. As was, you know, I think everything about this set, fine. Not I think great, we've had a fine. few fine sets in a row right now. Yeah. But Maria, the next one is Ikoria. Ikoria. Okay, Megan. Talk about a set that's not just fine. Okay, so give me your thoughts on Ikoria if it's not just fine. What is it? Ikoria was so much fun. Ikoria was a freaking blast, man. I love Ikoria. Ikoria was like a party and a half. I I think that Ikoria was a huge success too. I love the mutate mechanic more than I can possibly say. Oh, mutate was so good. I'm trying like, to mutate remember. Mutate was so much fun. I had so much fun with mutate and drafting different decks around mutate and whatever that I liked it despite the fact that some people were like, this format is just kind of a B as far as draft goes. And I was like, I don't care. Yeah. I will put creatures on creatures all day and have fun with it. Yes. I will say, like, quality-wise, you're like, okay, like, the, you know, it is probably about a B, but it was, there was something about it that was just fun. Yes, that's what it is. It's like, oh, I'm just having fun with the mechanic of this exactly. set. Exactly. Like, everything that you get, you got to do just, like, felt cool. Like, every time you mutated a creature, oh, it you felt, felt so cool. cool. You're like, you felt so cool. cool. Look at this weird beast I made. Yeah, 
it it was great. I initially thought mutate would have to be combining the two creatures in some way, which I guess you are a question mark. It kind of is because you get like all their abilities still. Yeah. I just want it to be represented in the art. Like I want it to be an auspicious (laughs) Starix that has a let's see what else a gem razor like coming out of its back you know like a weird (laughs) science experiment gone wrong spooky very spooky Um, yeah i just remember like as an example like i drafted so many dreamtail herons oh yeah four in a blue for a three four flying whenever this creature mutates draw a card and its mutate cost is three in a blue like like that and farfinder do you remember farfinder what what was farfinder oh three three generic mana for a little one one Creature Fox. Oh, yeah. Yep. Vigilance. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. It skits with vigilance. Let me tell you something. Here's something that just proves how good and how fun a mutate is to play with. We are so far into standard from this point of, uh, of Ikoria coming out, and still somebody's like, oh, I have a Snapdex deck. Oh, I've got a Nethroi Apex of Death deck. And I'm like, mm, yes, definitely trying it. Definitely trying it. Exactly. Like it was just, uh, it was so much fun. Oh, and then remember people found like there was the Ominous Seas deck. This oh, is the yeah. one that's one in a blue for an enchantment. Whenever you draw a card, put a four shadow counter on Ominous Seas, remove eight counters from Ominous Seas, create an eight, eight blue cracking creature token. Cause this set had cycling. Yep. So you could build a blue cycling deck where you were just trying to put like constantly just put counters on ominous seas and then just make Kraken after Kraken after Kraken. Yeah, I experienced this. I remember I was going, I was living this and I was sending Megan (laughs) screenshots and I was like, look what's happening. Look what's happening to me. You have to draft this deck. Just look what's happening to me. Um, Yeah. And then I did many times. And you did. This set, we can't can't go on without saying, oh, what are you going to say? Oh, I was going to say... Like, I was just remembering, I eventually, one of, like, the great decks that I settled on was, of all things, like, the Black-White Humans deck. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because you had Bastion of Remembrance, which was whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. And then it makes a token when it comes into play. And then you had, like, um, the the white 3-3 three, three for three and a white that makes a 1-1 one, one, um, if maybe with Raid, I think. You were hot um, on this deck. Yeah, if you had Night Squad Commando. Um, oh, it doesn't have, like, Raid, but it has, you know, like, pseudo-Raid, where yeah. Raid wasn't a mechanic, but they it had it on there. Um, so, like, yeah, I would just, like, and I had so much success with that deck, and it was really cool to be like, oh, you can also draft, like, the little tiny guys and still have a good da- draft deck. The thing that we must point out here with Ikoria is the fact that we had companions and we had to have a full-stop oh. rules change. Because of these cards, which is a little sad. Um, Yeah. I love them. I think the the mechanic's really cool. It's obvious that they were trying. Do you remember drafting companion decks? Yes. Like if you got one in draft. And do you know what the biggest one was? The little otter. Lutri, the spell chaser. Lutri. Like that was such a good, that was a really good card to draft around. Yeah, like, Lutri's drawback, quote unquote, is that each card has to have a different name in your deck, which in draft they usually do anyway. So like, it's like whatever. not, a, yeah, not even a thing. I uh, um, loved Oba- drafting an Obosh deck, which was also possible. Yep. Um, oh yeah, I drafted a, an Obosh deck at one point too. I think, like I think the, you know, we're talking about so many cool things about this format. Um, and it's sort of like, oh, wait, but then why is it only a B? And I will say, I think it was a B because it could be a little bomb-centric. Yeah, it was a big bomb, there, s- bomb and smash f- situation. Like, exactly. Like, there could be, sometimes there were cards that, like, your opponent played and you're just like, well, okay, <laughs> I'm dead. Yeah, I think that's accurate. And maybe um, a symptom of... Of a, of a mechanic like Mutate. I don't know, but... Yeah. I just remember, like, there was a point at which I just... I had never drafted an Everquill Phoenix myself, but I had lost to it, like, eight times. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm so mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so, you know, stuff like that. Ikoria. Lots of big beasts, a pretty big blunder, and Mutate fun. That's my sum yep. up. Um, that brings us to core set 2021. What do you, was this just a continuation of 2019 and 2020? Yeah, Megan? Exactly. It was just another core set, Maria. <laughs> it was just, a, although wait, you were saying before, this was the one that gave us 
really bad Omnath. Oh, yes. No, Zendikar Rising gave the, us really bad Omnath. This is the a set. other one was not so bad Omnath. Not, yeah, that was not so bad Omnath. Uh, now we live in ugh, Omnath territory. Now we, yeah, exactly. But this was a set that, you know, it gave us Eugene. We got Eugene again. Um, I'm it, happy about that. Yeah. It did have the dogs. Oh, yeah, the Remember dog. there was like Alpine Watchdog and then like the other dog and then the guy who went and got dogs. And then there was Igneous Kerr was the red dog. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's the one that I'm thinking of. So there was like that cute like red, white aggro deck. I remember that. Yeah, this um, is a set where they eroded uh, all hounds to actually be dogs in magic. That's right. So like it was a pretty fun core set, all things considered. There, this set also had the shrines in it, which is too bad that they weren't any good um, yes. in draft. It had the shrines, specifically the bad shrines. Yeah, they t- it just wasn't worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not worth it. Um, but it was a fun set. You know, it had some fun cards. It was a good time. It was a core set. What else are you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. It was a core set. It was a good time. I don't know. It gave you Eugene. Okay, goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that brings us to Zendikar Rising, where we are right now. Wow, here we are in the present. Uh, like, Megan, how and, do you like Zendikar an, Rising? It's excellent. Yes, it is. Um, this this is a very, very, very good draft set. Um, yep. I do not tire of drafting this set. I learned so many things point. with this set, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, tell me about it. Well... So Zendikar Rising forces you to kind of be a little bit of a different drafter than Magic will teach you to be mm-hmm. a drafter as, which is like you should be a yes. good you should be a good person, okay? So just sit in your little seat, wait for your card, your lane <laughs> to be open, and be like, okay, well, look, nobody's taking these white cards. Okay, I'll take yeah. them. No, and you can just take good cards. In Zendikar this- Rising, you just take them and you force the other yep. people to do what you want to do. <laughs> And you better have a plan. Yes. Like, right, it's it's a format. I love a draft format where you cannot just take bombs. You yep. cannot just take good cards. You need to have a plan. You, are you going to be the, um, what's the word that I'm thinking of? Like, are you going to be the party deck? Sure. Right? Are you going to be the kicker deck? Are you going to be the clerics deck? Um, are you going to be the wizard's deck? Like, you need to be somebody. <laughs> Your deck has to do a thing. It cannot just be a pile of good cards because you will not win. And you'll sit there at the end of the draft and you'll think exactly. to yourself, what did I do wrong? What you did wrong is you didn't have synergy. Synergy. And I love that. I love that we're in a format that is a synergy format. It's so much fun. Like, it's just a good time. <laughs> I uh, did an experiment the other day about uh, forcing an archetype, which they generally tell you not to do in draft, but I think is kind of fine Uh to do in this format. I took Cleric of Life's Bond, pack one, pick one, and I said, Mm -hmm. that's it. I'm drafting Clerics. The only way I'm getting out of drafting (laughs) Clerics is if there's literally no cards passed to me. And so I ended up with a Clerics deck that I would have given like a B minus or a C, and I got seven wins (laughs) because it would all work together so synergistically that decks of good cards couldn't keep up with it exactly and the best part about synergy formats is that it decreases the importance of rares yes right like it you can have a deck full you can win with a deck that is literally commons and uncommons and you can have not a rare in sight and it doesn't matter if your opponent plays three rares if they're not synergistic and you are like you still have a chance to win that that game you're like oh like, i've got that's just where you want to be core celebrants it's a one four <laughs> i beat your three exactly rares. like yes it's a literal one four common and you're like what are you gonna do about it <laughs> So my question to you is why this being a synergy or tribal format in quotation marks, sometimes we run into the problem that like, oh, you can't be flexible enough in your draft and whatever. Are you finding that happening or are you finding that happening less? And if so, why? You know, I haven't noticed it. You didn't um, have I. That's why I just asked it. I was just like, that's weird. I wonder if part of it is that they're all good. Yeah. Right. I think that sometimes some of the, the issues with like synergy ones is that like there's going to be good, really good ones. And then there's going to be ones that are just kind of like stinkers. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. But I think and also that there is some play between like if you start out trying to do like a green black counters thing. 
but it's not coming together, like you're you're not in the seat for it. Like there is a lot of those cards can transfer into like, are you going to be a black red deck or are you going to be a green black deck? Right, like exactly. the card quality, I think, is high enough, and there's enough like crossover between the different tribes. I think like, is probably a big part of it. Think about a card like Territor- Territorial Skycat, which is a two-one trample landfall. When a land enters battlefield, put a plus one plus one counter. Great, put it in your landfall deck, red green, or put yeah. it in your black green counter deck. Perfect. Exactly right. Like it's a good it's a good card either way. Yeah, I think um, so. Zendikar I think that that's Rising, like a big part of it. We, I mean, like we've been talking here, and it's now obvious to me that Zendikar Rising has been the best, or you know, set for draft within the past one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe even eight sets. Like since Dominaria. Yeah, yeah, best since Dominaria. Let's call it. Yeah, like absolutely. What? Which one would you say is better? Like I. There isn't one for sure, <laughs> at least in my opinion. Wow, we are truly living in the best timeline. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's like, right, looking at it too, it has so many classic mechanics that are known to be, like it has kicker, right? Yep. It has landfall. Yep. Kicker, it's, so it's good even if you're flooding. Landfall, same, like it mitigates if you're flooding. And um, by the way, modal double face cards in this set. Oh, so good. Also, Modal double face cards. What an excellent addition to magic. That's what I'm saying. Listen up, Wizard of the Coast. Put these in every single set. I don't care. It's they're so good. They're so good. Um, and I think that actually now that we're talking like I can't believe it hasn't come up as we're talking about draft. Yeah. Because what an excellent part of draft of just like it helps you if you're mana screwed at the beginning, you can just put down some of those things that like sure you wish you could cast them, but it's better to not be mana screwed for like four turns in a row and instead yep. be able to actually cast your spells or later on you draw it and you're like, I would, I would be so mad if this was a land. Yes, exactly. And I think we've seen through the, these three episodes we've done on draft draft, make the evolution into trying to do little things. The, the mulligan rules, not excluded, like trying yep. to make more games happen through the mechanics. And I think MDFCs is the bi- single biggest victory they've had in that, in oh, that regard. It's, so good like what an excellent what an excellent thing so excellent yeah i also so before we end because that does bring us to the present zendikar rising best draft since dominaria um and i think right if we're talking about the highlights of our of our draft lives yeah (laughs) (laughs) the ones that we've been around for yes there's one from each of these episodes because it's cons of tarkir Dominaria and Zendikar Rising. Very good. We split it into three so skillfully. Exactly. So skillfully. We planned it out for months in advance that it would be three yeah. full episodes. But yeah. also that like the bottom, like right, the floor is also slowly rising. Yes. I think for sure. Absolutely. It is. And it's um, not in a bad way. It's not like we're in a trash compactor and it's slowly rising to crush us against the ceiling. <laughs> it's, no, it's a good kind of like a, a rising tide floats all boats. Raises all ships. <laughs> it floats all boats, right? It floats all boats. I don't know. You get what I'm saying. Rising tide. Good for all the boats. <laughs> but so we've recently had just in the past couple of months, we had Amonkhet remastered and Kaladesh remastered. Yeah. I wanted to talk about those because I think that we saw one big success and one like not a success, <laughs> not a failure, but not a success. I don't know. When it I, comes to the draft format, like the draft part of it exclusively. I loved Amonkhet and I know you did too. Um, yes. I like Amonkhet Remastered was, was also excellent. Yeah, it was so good. It was so really, good. really good. I just remember... Right, like Zendikar Rising, excellent draft format. A lot of the games are great, and then like the drafting itself is so fun. Amonkhet Remastered, every I feel like almost every single game I played was a blast. Like awesome. every game I played was like a game I wanted to talk about later because it had been <laughs> so cool. That's the goal. Right? And like it was better than original Amonkhet. Like original Amonkhet, good. Yep. Amonkhet Remastered, excellent. Kaladesh, I think, suffers from some of the problems we talked about in the episode, yeah. which is the inclusion of the pain train um, and other mm-hmm. um, vehicles that were just a little too good. Um, I have been having a little bit more fun with it than I had previously after playing the draft challenge and then playing mm-hmm. against Yelgar Vigishma, playing a five-color abomination and beating me with it. I was like, <laughs> you know That's what? Great. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. 
Um, and other people I know like it more than me. But yeah, that being said, I just, yeah, I wish they take those it, damn trains out of there. <laughs> yes, and I don't know. It's just like one of those things, right? Like, I feel like maybe it's in part because we're like so spoiled with. Like we've talked about in Zendikar Rising with the modal cards and stuff. Yeah. In Kaladesh Remastered, and this I remember this happening in regular Kaladesh, you want to play 16 cards because 16 flooding lands. is so... Uh, yeah, sorry, 16 cards. <laughs> you know, it's not Just legal, but you want to do it. <laughs> 16 cards. You want to play 16 lands because flooding is so bad. Yeah, flooding is very, very, very Flooding bad. in Kaladesh is just like a death sentence. Like, you're losing that game. If one of you floods and the other one doesn't, or whoever floods slightly more than the other player, it's yep. just the person who loses the game. Yeah, I agree. And I hate that about it. You don't want the, the outcome of this match to be determined by who drew more spells. Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good way to put it. And maybe we are just like, we live in a new world now. Yeah, exactly. Like back in the day, it was sort of like people in original Kaladesh, you're like, well, suck it up and make us like it, it's a 16 land format yep. man, and just like yep. go out there and do it. And now people are like, wait a second. We don't we will not tolerate this. <laughs> we will not tolerate this. Megan's At least for me, with like a sigh. <laughs> yeah. Right, like I'm in Ket Remastered. I played those drafts for as long as they were available. I yes. played it up until that little timer in the corner like hit zero. Yeah. Right, of like, this format is no longer available. Kaladesh, I played it for a couple of days, and then I went back to Zendikar, because I was like, I'm I'm over this. <laughs> and like Zendikar is so good. You it's just, true. It's true. You just can't stay away for long, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's just an, inter you know, th those are two interesting things to look at, considering. And, um, yeah. Mm. And now what you can do, dear listener, is we're going to have more of these remastered sets, no doubt, coming out. Um, yeah. because of the, you know, the desire to add pioneer to magic online, excuse me, magic arena. And so like now you've got hopefully a little bit of a base to go back from when you're thinking about those yeah. sets coming to arena, being like, Oh, this is one Marie and Megan said was super fun. I'm excited about it. Um, these are cards. They said we're really good at it. And you can think about that, uh, when, when they come to arena, which I feel like is inevitable at this point. Yeah, exactly. So let's see, we have Amonkhet. We have Kaladesh. What's the one before? What would be the next remastered? Um, what's before that? Um, I want us. I want them to bring back Dominaria. Dominaria was on. You want to play it again? Is what you're saying? Exactly. Like I just want to play it again. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> um, because totally. I don't know. Like, when was the last time that they had a flashback of that? Uh, Kaladesh. I guess it looks like it would be Shadows over Innistrad and Spooky Moon. Yeah, that would be very fun. I would be very, I would be very excited for a Shadows Over Innistrad remastered because I love clue tokens so much. I love clues. Clues is, are so good. Yeah, um, great time. I'm yeah, I'd be excited for any of these sets to come back. So let's make it happen. Before we head out, everybody, we're going to say thank you to Ultra Pro, another one of our amazing sponsors. And mm -hmm. we've been talking a lot about gift giving this season. And Ultra Pro has got some amazing stuff that your opponents yes. will never see. Uh, your opponents. Your opponents. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to let you roll with it. You know, like, look, do you know what? What more says I respect you as my opponent than getting them a Christmas look at, present? Look at this. I mean, like, you sit down next to the person. You're like, hey, here's your present from Ultra Pro. And they're like, what? And you're like, yeah, just for playing me. You're going to need that? it because you, you're going to feel so bad when I beat you. <laughs> wow. That's a really mixed message yeah. that you're sending with that. But okay. <laughs> I, I wanted to pull up their Twitter account because just recently they tweeted out that they've got play mats from the new, with the new secret lair art. And the one I'm looking at right now is absolutely absurd. It's the new chromatic lantern from secret lair. Ooh, yes. This art is fantastic. It is colorful and beautiful and wonderful and a little <laughs> owl inside its lantern. Oh. Um, who wouldn't want that playmat? Like, Nobody. Uh, a, like, yeah, I don't know. It's so, they're so good. Like, oh, the art on these things is so good. And 
I, yeah, I don't know. They're so good. And like, what better, like, if you just like the art, put it on a play mat. Ultra Pro has it on a play mat and you can just be so happy about how great this art is. Look, do you have somebody in your life that loves metal and magic? Get them one of the new secret lair play mats from the heavy metal set. Match it with one of Ultra Pro's really cool like binders or deck boxes that's black and Mm -hmm. orange with the black and orange metal play mat. Get him a squirrel play mat. They have the new squirrel art. What do you want? Ultra Pro has it. What do you want? To celebrate? Great. I want this. To show someone that you respect them as an opponent? (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Ultra Pro. Well, everybody, that's our show for this week. Thank you so much for hanging out with us for another wonderful week of magic. And next week, you know, we're not talking about draft anymore because we're likely talking about the Zendikar Rising Championship that's going to happen this Ooh, weekend. Yeah. So we'll be we'll be telling you what what standard looked like, what historic looked like. I know. I'm so excited. Will anybody be playing Boggles in historic? I need to know. I mean, probably. I think so. I think your chances are good. You're, you know. All right. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Boggles and um, Historic. Yeah. Uh, thank you again to everyone who is a patron. Um, if you are not one, consider becoming one. Um, consider gifting a patronage um, to a friend and they can come party in our discord um or you can come party in our discord everybody should come party in our discord become a patron um it's a real good time yeah and thank you once again to our other sponsors card kingdom and ultra pro for being awesome places to find great gear great deals and great great customer service in the magic Mm -hmm. universe and thank you to yourself for putting us in your ear holes or out your cat's mouth today um it is a true privilege to pass through your audio canals in one way or another Really is? <laughs> <laughs>